1: I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I got to get me one of them little secret service buttons for my desk. I mean, all the other presidents had them. It's high noon for Tuesday, January twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. Follow the podcast on the Telegram messenger app at t.me. I'm your moderator. Join the discussion thread at t.me. Be reasonable discussion. And if you feel so inclined, go drop a little rating or a little review. On the old Apple Podcast app. Because that's always nice and helpful. Got to get one of them little five-star reviews to battle against all the one-star reviews from commies. Who don't understand what I'm talking about. So they assume it's all wrong and stupid. And that's exactly how we got here. Or you can support the show by going to I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. Or fuck, man, just ask for my Venmo. It is now the sixth full day of Barack Obama's third term via proxy stand-in as represented by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, fake President Joe Biden, who is a criminal, completely corrupted by the world's enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. So glory, glory, hallelujah to that, right commies? I want to start off this little episode with a quote that a friend of mine sent me this morning, and I think it's very good for the time. It's by from a man named Theodore Dalrymple, and he says, political correctness is communist propaganda writ small. In my study of communist societies, I came to the conclusion that the purpose of communist propaganda was not to persuade or convince nor to inform, but to humiliate. And therefore, the less it corresponds to reality, the better. When people are forced to remain silent when they are being told the most obvious lies, or even worse, when they are forced to repeat the lies themselves, they lost once and for all their sense of probity. To assent to obvious lies is to cooperate with evil, and in some small way to become evil oneself. One standing to resist anything is thus eroded and even destroyed. A society of emasculated liars is easy to control. I think if you examine political correctness, it has the same effect and is intended to. I think he's exactly right. And we can see the result of too much bullshit political correctness. And we can see that it is and was all done in the service of this march toward communism. And if we want to quibble about the word communism, fine. State capitalism, like they have in China under the CCP, it's all basically the same. In fact, this version might be worse. This version is more like just straight-up fascism. The business community, the moneyed interests in the country, get to weigh in. On what the government does. And of course they do. If our government is primarily there as a figurehead, as an avatar of the global moneyed interests actually controlling our politicians, free markets for success is... Complicity. With their goals. And most Americans don't want that. Bernie Sanders, AOC style commies. But the Obamies and Romneys are happy to see us go this direction because it makes no difference to them. They are already in line with that same global agenda. So they don't care. They benefit from that system. And they don't pay attention enough and don't know anybody who doesn't benefit from that system. So why would you want to change it if you were them? And again, that's the problem. That's the problem of privilege. Like real privilege, not this bullshit white privilege or male privilege. Actual privilege where you can be totally detached from the world around you and it doesn't matter. You can make bad decisions constantly and it doesn't matter. There is no downside. They're not going to go broke. They're not going to be homeless. They can churn their children and their children's children through the same system and accrue the same benefits while society is continually degraded. And we are on that path. So some fun stuff. Michael Flynn's brother, Charles, Lieutenant General Charles Flynn, has been nominated to lead the U.S. Army Pacific. That happened yesterday. So if you're wondering whether or not Joe Biden has a lot of sway over what the military is doing, there's your answer. The answer is. Is no. Now, if you'll recall, when Donald Trump was first entering office, Barack Obama warned him about two people, Kim Jong un and Michael Flynn. Why? Well, because Barack Obama is a corrupt traitor. And when his stern warning to Donald Trump didn't work, and he brought Na- Michael Flynn in as national security advisor anyway, Well, that's when Barack and Joe had to take Michael Flynn down for something he never did. And then embroil him in four years of legal hell. Which is absolutely unbefitting a man of his stature. But back to his brother now. They tried to do a little takedown on his brother after the January 6th fiasco, mostly conducted by Democrats via Black Lives Matter, Antifa, quote unquote, organizers, particularly John Sullivan and his band of 226 lunatics. But then again, John Sullivan was in an Uber commercial, so he can't be that bad, right, commies? Gotta say, though, it is a little weird that the Army went ahead and promoted Michael Flynn's brother while Barack Obama is carrying out his third term through an earpiece worn by his ventriloquist dummy, Joe Biden. One would think that if Joe Biden had command over the military— then the brother of the person Barack Obama thought was among the two most dangerous men in the world probably wouldn't be put in a position where he is able to exert more influence. But who knows? Maybe Joe is just a 26-dimensional chess player. Maybe Joe has the whole thing mapped out in his mind, deep, deep game theory years down the road. It's all just bouncing around in that little raisin of a skull. They probably just injected it right into his noggin when they gave him all that new hair that he very clearly didn't have 30 years ago. But congratulations to Charles Flynn. Now, I wanted to briefly correct two little things. I remember saying last week on the podcast, talking about the wallpaper change in the White House. And I was kind of joking around about it. But it actually turns out that Trump had the wallpaper changed, I think, sometime in 2017. So it was Trump that put up the wallpaper that looks exactly like the set. From Castle Rock Entertainment. (laughs) All of it is so weird, man. It's all so weird. It is impossible to believe anything firmly anymore, except for the fact that Joe Biden is absolutely 100 percent the most corrupt politician in American history and absolutely 100 percent compromised by the Chinese Communist Party. And absolutely 100% the father of one of the most debauched and degenerate people in the political landscape. Which is tough when you have to compete with Adam Schiff. And now this is less a correction than just an update, but yesterday I mentioned the formation of a patriot party. And that that was submitted to the FEC. Donald Trump has since come out and said that that has nothing to do with him. Uh, Now, he may still start a political party, but he doesn't seem to have done so yet. But my conversation about a third party. I am still as much on board with that idea as I was yesterday Um, after the podcast, after one of my friends heard it, one of my very smart friends who I mentioned Quite often on here, he said to me, like, hey, that is the stupidest idea ever. That would just mean that we get part of the Republicans and none of the Democrats. And then we just entrench Democrat rule. And I said, "Okay, I totally understand that argument. I've actually made that argument before in other circumstances. But I think that this is different because, first off, we don't have an election coming up. We do have a ton of momentum behind the America First agenda and make America great again as an ethos, whether or not Trump is the candidate. So setting up a political party alternative right now actually makes a lot of sense to me because I believe that right away a lot of people would immediately renounce their Republican membership and join this new party. And if somehow half of the Republican electorate from this last cycle or more, most likely. And some of the Democrats will eventually come this this way, uh, just on populist notions that many Democrats still hold and thought were being served by Bernie Sanders style uh, socialism. That obviously is wrong and completely backward. The solution to these problems is not more of the problem. That just keeps us going in the direction China wants. But the priorities of a lot of Bernie's supporters actually align pretty well with MAGA and America First. And I think that if they were spoken to and messaged in the right way, they would be able to see that and they might find something positive here as an alternative to two extraordinarily corrupt criminal organizations, uh, the DNC and RNC. So I think that's the difference. And it's not about running a third-party candidate in a presidential election. It's not about putting Trump in there against a Democrat and a Republican. It's about building out a party that can compete nationwide in congressional races, local races, all the way up to the federal elections. So that's where I'm coming from. I still think that makes sense. I'm totally down with the criticism of throwing a third-party candidate into a race where at that point you're just siphoning off votes one way or another and putting yourself at a disadvantage. I don't disagree with my friend at all about that. But if you're actually setting up a party that has tens of millions of people sign up to it immediately and they are able to build out a structure and get ballot access, well, then we have a whole new ballgame. And that's what I was getting at. And I want that stuff to begin now rather than later so that we don't end up in the position where we're talking about These third party candidates acting as spoilers or being put in a position where they can't win. I am not for that at all. So I just want to make that clear. But it doesn't look like Trump has gone down that road yet. Maybe he will. Who knows? There's still so much to happen this year and so much to happen in the coming days and weeks and hopefully not months because Joe Biden being whatever version of a president he is or isn't, is putting the U.S. daily in a weaker and weaker position in the world. It is dividing the country further and further, and it is absolutely, unequivocally harming every single person that the Democrats told they were going to help. Unless, of course, those people are you know, actors or people in Nike's marketing department. Like, hey, here's Colin Kaepernick. He sucks at football and he also sucks at talking because he's really dumb and racist. But let's just put his face in the commercials so that we look like we care about social justice and then we can continue having... Chinese slave children continue to stitch our sneakers. Now, check this segue out. Speaking of new organizations by Donald J. Trump, he has now <laughs> started releasing statements with a very official looking seal that says, Office of the former president, which is absolutely hilarious. I mean, by the way, I know, of course, that all presidents continue doing some form of business. I mean, whether it's finger painting like George W. Bush or selling Haitian children like uh, the Clintons or pretending to still be president like Barack Obama. They all take on new roles afterward. It's just funny that it's very formally titled the office of the former president. Kind of hearkening back to Joe Biden's office of the president elect, a thing which does not exist. And it pains me to admit it, but Trump might be better at trolling communists Than I am. And you know, I take a lot of pride in my ability to make commie heads explode, but he's just better at it. What can I say? Maybe if I got the hair or the plane or the billion dollars, I might be able to do what he does. But maybe not. Maybe he's just a natch, a natural just pointing out over the fence, calling his shot crack. It's gone. Another home run for Donald J. Trump in the world series of trolling commies. I love it. And there's more news on the COVID front too. Gavin Newsom at one of his little virtual press conferences was asked whether or not his lifting of the nonsense stay-at-home order was based on the politics of the recall effort against him rather than the data, which is clearly going in the wrong direction since he imposed the order in the first place. In fact, it went up a full 10% on the seven-day rolling average of new cases. So he, he made the restriction. The problem, and I say problem in quotes because cases, a.k.a. positive tests, a.k.a. very likely false positive tests, are actually not a problem. And we've seen that for months and months and months and months. But the problem got worse. Gavin's solution made the problem worse. And he said, well, I guess that worked. Let's open up. But not you and not you and not you. Gavin, in response to the question, said that it was utter nonsense to even suggest that Gavin Newsom, one of the most corrupt most idiotic cardboard cutout action figurine versions of a politician might not be doing everything above board. He was very offended. He was so upset that he could barely hold down his all-day braised Snake River Farms beef cheek At French Laundry. That is how offended he was. For any reporter to ask him such a question, that's just beyond the pale. Now, a few days ago, I missed it. Most people missed it. But the American Journal of Medicine. Published a paper called. The pathophysiological basis and rationale for early outpatient treatment of SARS CoV 2 infection. And in this little article, they describe all sorts of treatments. But I got my eye on one of them, and that one is hydroxychloroquine. Very shocking. This, is this, by the way, is in the uh, January 2021 issue, the American Journal of Medicine, Volume 134, Issue 1, pages 16 through 22. Now, you can just go search for it on your own, but probably not on Google. They don't want this kind of stuff on there. So again, we have legitimate science saying that not only will hydroxychloroquine not kill you, but it actually will help. And you know who knew that forever ago? Donald Trump. You know who else? Doctors. But what was it called when we said, hey, I think you might be killing people by not letting them use this? We were called... Conspiracy theorists, we were told we're killing somebody's grandmother. We were told, no, it doesn't matter if that drug can fix them. We have to stay indoors and wear masks. Anthony Fauci is now seriously, seriously, not joking, saying that it's just common sense that if one mask works well, then two masks work weller. And why not keep adding masks? Cover your whole body in masks. It's a full suit of armor. COVID can't get anywhere near you. I wonder if you even have to put clothes on at that point. No shirt, no shoes, no service. Doesn't say anything about whether or not your allowed to wear masks over your penis and feet. But if you can, why not? Let's roll. That'd be the hardest outfit to get ready. You'd be like uh you'd be like an actor in the makeup chair. Like 7 hours later, your outfit would be ready. And then you go out just moseying on down the street running your errands. You stop into the general store. You're like, my goodness, I have to use the restroom. Go in there. Take 18 or 19 masks off so you can pee. And then you got another hour before you can come out. (laughs) Got to put all the masks back on in the right order. Wouldn't want anything popping out. Wouldn't want to seem like you're dressed like Cardi B or something. Fucking Borat. But guess what else works now? Regeneron. In fact, there are people out there now saying that maybe a vaccine isn't even necessary, that it's probably better if you just go ahead and get over the cold yourself. Well, my goodness. Who said that in March and April? That's right conspiracy theorists, it's a conspiracy theory to look ahead and to see how bad the proposed options are next to the ones they're trying to prevent you from taking. It wasn't enough that they could just say, hey, you know, I don't think that hydroxychloroquine is going to be the thing that gets us out of this problem. But if it works, then go ahead. That's not what they said at all. They said hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. It's ineffective. And it could possibly cause heart conditions, such as scarring on the heart, even though that was not true at all. So they could have been reasonable about it. They could have said, we don't think this is the solution, but it's not a problem if people take it. And if it works, amazing. That is what responsible people do. Instead, they not only told us their solution, they told us why normal solutions that wouldn't destroy society were very, very bad and scary and dangerous. And here we are a year later, literally a year later. It's actually over a year. It's probably 15 months now. That the coronavirus has been in the United States. And we get to now find out that hydroxychloroquine is okay and maybe it works. And that masks don't work. We've gone over that plenty of times. That lockdowns don't work. Now, Regeneron does work. The vaccine, who knows? Hank Aaron may have died from getting the vaccine. But for every single one of these things. I was saying I'm only going to speak to my own experience. I'm not saying I was the only person saying these things, please. But every time I would say these things, I was called a conspiracy theorist. I was called mean. I was called evil. I was said to be diminishing The real problems that people were having dealing with the coronavirus. Of course, I was called stupid and scientifically illiterate by people who never read any of the papers. They listened to CNN telling them what the science says, and they went around repeating that because they didn't believe that CNN could just lie to them. And not to get too sidetracked, but I've been thinking about the fact that people think that they're seeing things they're not seeing. Like, I've had conversations with people about what occurred on January 6th at the Capitol. And I'll say, yeah, but hey, the police were letting them right in. Or actually, these were Antifa people, and it's on camera. And they're like, no, I saw what happened. I watched it take place. It was obviously a violent invasion. You could see them climbing up the walls and busting through windows. And I'm like, yes, I agree. You could see all of that. But all of that, the way the news presented it, was presented in context of what they want you to see. So what you saw was a snapshot of what was happening with a false narrative right next to it. I could show you plenty more things that you could then see with your own eyes that would lead you to the opposite conclusion. And that's the point. You're not actually seeing the things you're seeing. You are seeing what they are telling you to see. Those are different. I'm not saying that the signals coming in your eyes are wrong, not insane. I'm saying that they're coming in preloaded with a narrative. And so you see that thing and everyone else around you repeats it. And you don't want to be the one that's like, hey, that's not what I'm seeing. That is intellectually either weak or dishonest. And that's the problem with so much of this. People are absolutely convinced between what they believe they have seen, which gives them the illusion of seeing the fullness of a situation rather than an extraction described for them by someone else. Like if I was watching Planet Earth or one of those like nature documentaries and they were down in the Amazon and they showed me some orange and blue frog They could tell me that frog. They could give me any name for that frog. And I'd be like, oh, that's what that is. Cool. And then they would tell me, like, about the special powers the frog had. Like, maybe it has poison in its belly or some shit. And I'd be like, rad. There's this orange and blue frog in the Amazon who's got magic powers and his name is Dave or some shit. And I would believe them because I don't have any other frame of reference. They show me this thing. I know that other things can be like the way they're describing it. And then they describe it that way. And I say, oh, that's got to be right. I trust these people. That's what's happening with CNN. Like those people climbing up the walls and the handful of people that were breaking windows. Those are all orange frogs. If you haven't been paying attention to the riots of last year, which no one would pay attention to if all you do is follow Facebook and the mainstream media because you're just straight up not seeing it. Then this is the first you've seen of images like this. And so, of course, it looks bad. But you don't go to step two and figure out who was actually responsible. You don't get multiple camera angles. You have no ability to put it in the proper context, the proper context being four, five straight months of riots after the death of a criminal who overdosed on fentanyl, which is not to say the cops did the right thing and not to say that maybe if things if the cops had done things differently, he could have lived. I can't say those two things. And I'm not saying that his death isn't sad. But what they saw was an orange frog. What that was in reality is a man who held a gun to a pregnant woman's stomach while his friends robbed her house. Years ago. And then an ex-con drug addict shoving fentanyl in his mouth. And dying from fentanyl. That's what the autopsy says. That's the science. And no, it doesn't matter that they went out and got a different private autopsy that says what they want it to say. The official autopsy is that he died of a fentanyl overdose. With COVID. No, not a joke. Not joking, not making light of COVID or George Floyd, but George Floyd is among the COVID death statistics. You see, I said I wasn't going to go on a tangent, and then I went on a goddamn tangent. I took an exit on Tangent Avenue and drove it all the way into the hills. But consider where we are right now with the word conspiracy theorist, okay? To call someone a conspiracy theorist because they can read the information and use their brain, understanding that masks do not slow viral spread and have not been proven to anywhere. To understand that lockdowns don't work and never have and were never recommended and were foisted upon us by China via Italy, via Anthony Fauci and the media. To say that hydroxychloroquine actually does help. And now it's backed up in a medical journal. But why do we need the medical journal to validate the opinion when doctors around the country can see that it's working when some of the best doctors in the country use it with their own patients? Why do we have to pretend that we need this extra validation only because that's the rules of being in the club of the science. Because now science is so detached from what's actually practiced in the real world that you have to have a certain number of professors from the right universities tell us that it's okay to talk about a certain subject or to use certain things to, you know, prevent us from dying. Got to ask someone else, hey, not sure if I'm allowed to live until I hear from a professor at Wellesley. That's not when stuff becomes true. So what we really have, and I know that everybody knows this on some level, but the commies certainly don't. What we really have is people who just don't feel right about the information they're being fed And so they look into it and the more you look into it, the more you find out that the thing you're being fed is wrong and you can support it, not only by completely debunking the thing that you're told, but actually by figuring out why you're being told that thing, whose interests align, where the money goes. Who helps who? How the agencies like the CIA and the FBI and the National Institute of Health actually work. How politics affects them. And that that gaining of information, that actual learning. So that you have a more sophisticated outlook. On what's happening. That is what we call conspiracy theory. Looking at anything that isn't already approved of by people in universities or people in media. Or people around whom having the most polite possible conversation is the point of every conversation. Doesn't matter if all the shit you say is wrong and harmful. No one better challenge it because we're talking about this stuff and only this stuff. Can't let that other stuff in. And so when you see all of that going on and you understand the background of all this stuff, it's natural to look ahead. I had no problem saying all those months ago that lockdowns don't work. Masks don't work. Hydroxychloroquine probably does work. We don't need a vaccine for something with a with an infection fatality rate of somewhere between point one zero and point two six. All of those people old. With significant comorbidities. We actually don't need a vaccine for that. And I felt safe saying all those things back then because they were obvious back then. They didn't just become true. And it would be interesting for the commies to, at some point, consider that maybe other people know things that they don't know and that they're not told and that it turns out that Don Lemon is not actually a fair and true arbiter of what the world is. Who can even say how much better a position we would be in as a country? if we weren't constantly for years now being told what was acceptable to think and say. The First Amendment is meant to prevent this sort of situation. If everyone was talking and telling the truth to each other, if the news was doing its job at all, We would not have this problem. We would not have tens of millions of people being crushed by the response to the coronavirus. More people than could ever have been affected by the virus itself. We would have never locked down. Smart people would have read the right stuff and realized, oh, hey, lockdowns don't work. The mainstream media, our legendary newspapers, could have published counterpoints. There's a wealth of information that lockdowns don't work, and there was before, which is why it was never recommended anywhere and never tried anywhere before. What kind of science is it that says this is the way? What kind of science says we should stop using a drug that is generic and has been used for 60 years in favor of a vaccine that we're not really going to bother trying on animals or anything else. We'll just give it out and make billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars rather than just allowing people to heal themselves with this $2 pill. That's not science. That's corruption. And it should only be seen as corruption. And saying that in April of last year does not make one a conspiracy theorist. It means your eyes are open and you don't just automatically assume that Anthony Fauci is a saint just because Chris Cuomo likes him. Same thing with Andrew Cuomo. Why do we have to pretend that all the people on our side are morally good. That is the craziest shit ever. It's so tribal. Andrew Cuomo wrote a book about his handling of the coronavirus, even though New York is 49 out of 50 states by every measure. And one of the absolute worst in the world statistically. But Andrew Cuomo wrote a book and we have to pretend what that he that he actually wrote it. No, everybody's like, well, yeah, he probably had a ghostwriter. Okay, well, then, A, what's the point of the book? And B, if he didn't write it. And no one read it because no one bought it. Then what was the point of having him write it? Well, here's the point. Book contracts are a great way to give a politician a bunch of money that you can pretend he earned. It's not new. It's how it goes. It's basically money laundering. All right, switching gears. I didn't mean to make this one this long, but hey, it is what it is. Hopefully you're entertained. If you're not, you're probably not hearing this part right now anyway. So I was listening yesterday to, uh, I guess it's a podcast. I don't know what to call it. But it's this guy, Mike Adams, who goes by the Health Ranger or something. It's on uh, on Brighteon. But he was kind of inadvertently answering what I was talking about last week in terms of the two paths. You know, go down the very like effective pragmatic path that you know we might not see the results at the right time but this is the right way to move forward that kind of thing and then the other path where it's like hey this is we need to be focused on the fact that this was election fraud and that this thing must be overturned now and the government may have been the government as we have always known it may have been dissolved and the military might be in control and the military can then prove this fraud, prosecute the criminals in our government, and then fix the electoral process at the end of that whole thing. And I ha- that that's what I was describing as the two paths. But he actually made a way for the two paths to converge that I thought was, he did it very naturally. I don't think he was being trying to be clever about it or tricky about it. It was just a very natural convergence. And so... Um, a bit of a light bulb went on for me. I thought it was really interesting. And what he was saying was that the big stuff that we want to see happen and that many of us thought would have to happen by January 20th requires the country to be in a certain mindset. And there needs to be a certain degree of unity on the non-commie side to actually... Get the plan completed successfully, right? People have to know not only that Biden is well past his expiration date, that he's corrupt, that he's immoral, that he's evil, and that he definitely did not get. 81 million votes. He just gave a a big address on race today, which I'm sure is what everyone needs to hear from a guy who gave the eulogy for Robert Byrd, who used to be a grand kliegel in the Klan. I'm sure that we all need the racial address from Joe Biden. But as much as we all need that and we're all very unified now that he's in in his little pretend office. 2,200 people watched it. 81 million votes, 2,200 people. There are more people watching the hold screen of a Trump rally seven hours in advance. Just the hold screen that says later on, Donald Trump make America great again rally at 7 p.m. in Atlanta, Georgia or some shit. There's more than twenty two hundred people on that who have that screen open for seven hours. Twenty two hundred people watched Joe. Sputter on about race. That's crazy. So what Mike Adams was saying is that we need to get the entire country or as much of the country as we can into a position of, if not agreement with us, then openness about what's to come. And I've said this many times, but that has always been my goal. Like that to me is what being reasonable is. Like we can have a conversation. If you're saying something that is out of absolute left field, then I don't need to go to your side of the fence And tell you, hey, no, just come back here. It's like, no, wait, that is really, really wrong. Like the idea that Joe Biden got 81 million votes is really, really wrong. It's not reasonable to say, oh, yeah, that's right, because everyone says it. That's not a reasonable position. That's a complicit position. You're complicit with a lie. As the as the Dalrymple quote mentioned at the beginning of the episode, You're complicit in the propaganda by repeating that propaganda. That's not what reasonable is. Reasonable is trying to be able to find a point where we might actually be able to have a conversation on a level that doesn't leave either of us thinking the other person's stupid or crazy. That's what gets us to the next step. Now, it's impossible to have that conversation With a person who thinks that the children of Trump supporters should be removed by DHS and placed in re-education camps, as Michael Beller of formerly of PBS believes, there's no reasonable conversation to be had with that guy. All right. But for the rest of the people in the middle and maybe even some redeemable commies. We need to be pushing out the proper narrative, the proper information, and continue putting this stuff in everybody's faces so that they can see what actually happened. Okay? We don't need to pretend there's not overwhelming evidence of election fraud, for example. Look at any of the Peter Navarro reports about it. They're easy to understand, they've got the numbers, they've got the facts, it's cited. You should be able to hand that to any smart person. And if that smart person is open and actually wants to know about the future of the country and what kind of position the country has been put in through the constant shutting down of contrary information, they could be convinced by this sort of thing. The Amistad Project, Phil Klein, also put out an amazing report. The report just came out. This is uh, the report that is in conjunction with the press conference he gave, I believe, December 16th of last year. About Mark Zuckerberg's influence on the election and how Zuckerberg spent over half a billion dollars literally changing the methods of voting in places all around the country specifically to disenfranchise Trump voters and to generate all sorts of ways that Democrat votes could be achieved, whether or not there was an actual voter behind them. So right there, you could give somebody the three Navarro reports, the Amistad Project report, and in one afternoon, they could be fairly well caught up to a point of sophisticated information rather than what they heard on CNN. And that person can then think, oh, you know what? Maybe there really is another picture out there that I'm not seeing. Oh, and wow, if all this is true, then that actually means that the courts who didn't see the evidence must have been intentionally throwing out the cases So that this information wouldn't have come out and then bells start going off because that's an important point to get to. And we need more and more of the country to get to that point. So Mike Adams was totally right. We need to keep pushing this narrative out. Keep it in people's faces. What they are being told by the media is not true. Joe Biden is actually making our jobs easier by being so much worse than even the stupidest commies could have imagined his press secretary who goes out and speaks to the press every day is a dumb person. People used to like to try to insult Kaylee McEnany, apparently because she's pretty and has blonde hair and doesn't agree with them, which means she is the enemy. And then they promote Jen Jen Psaki or Saki Psaki. Psaki I don't know because she was their buddy at CNN and because she says all the things that the woke people like none of her shtick was ever actually tested by anyone because the media let her say whatever she wants and the wokes lap it up. But now she's just out there unable to answer even the most basic questions. She can't answer the basic questions at all. And then she gets the hard ones, and it's a nightmare. She got asked about why the, quote-unquote, Biden administration was loosening restrictions on Chinese access to our power grid. And she had basically never heard of the issue. She gave no answer. So people are going to be waking up to this. They have to be. Again, I've always just tried to follow the idea that my faith in the American people's ability to see through the state media psyop that has been run on all of us for the last four decades, that's where my faith lies. I think that that will still pay off eventually. (laughs) But that's a big step in getting us where we need to be as a country. I mean, it was my assumption that if this plan was really what's happening, and there's still plenty of indication that it is, that it would be before the inauguration date and that we would have the arrests and that things would go down. The National Guard would be around in various cities to shut down uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter rioters. There are rumored to be Chinese cells with access to weapons all over the country. But it was my assumption that the National Guard would be able to take care of that, and we could all just do this in one fell swoop. And if the commies didn't like it, well, it was going to be their problem. But what Mike Adams said makes a lot of sense to me. And another thing he said was that we should be continuing to call congressmen and senators And tell them what to do. You know that was a very effective strategy. In the months between. The November 3rd election. And inauguration day. Trying to get people to. Challenge the vote in their state. That was very effective. It didn't get us all the way to the result we wanted. But it did make people take action. Who wouldn't have otherwise. And that's the point. The idea that. The entire Democrat Party, and I think even some Republicans, voted for the for the People Act, which destroys the point of voting forever. The idea that they're just going to do that and not hear from angry constituents, that's our fault. And it doesn't matter if they're Republicans who we want to have stop the Democrats or if it's the Democrats who we know won't stop. But they need to hear it anyway. If those phones were lighting up with their constituents, telling them that every one of these things is wrong, you would hope it might have an effect on them. Someone like Adam Schiff or Nancy Pelosi, no chance. I mean, their districts are given to them. They are criminals. They are allowed to stay in office because of the entrenched power structure. So they're not answerable to anyone except the Entrenched power structure. Did I just say enhanced a second ago? I meant entrenched. I'm not going to go back and check it. But anyway, that sort of action, the action that leads the country not to vote for Republicans in 2022, which is, first off, way too far down the line. And second, we have no idea what that party will look like by then. But so so I don't see that as a valid goal, but trying to continue to get people to the point of openness where they are able to take in what may be about to happen and not only not be scared of it and not want to revolt against it, but to actually see why, oh, wow, this system really is much better. Oh, wow, we really do have this many corrupt people in the country. People will see the truth, and when they do... They are going to agree with us because our position isn't that exclusive. You know, most people who voted for Trump are not united by any issue more than draining the swamp, getting the corruption that we see and know out of government, because that done means everything else benefits. People can actually represent their communities. And try to get resources in the places that would actually help. Because unlike Maxine Waters, who doesn't live in South L.A. anymore and just goes down there once every two years to steal their votes. There are actual people around America who want to serve their communities and want to represent real American people, not for power or for money. But for service, there are people like that. And I think that that's the sort of thing that can unite all Americans except for commies, Obamies and Romneys, because no one can unite with communism because it's terrible and nobody can unite with Obamies and Romneys because they are detached from the real world, completely clueless and totally privileged. And that's where they're going to stay. All right. I will be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Come on. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and parlor at I'm your moderator. Soon I'll be up on rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'mYourModerator.substack.com, I'm your where you can donate or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching. Be reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the ring. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,